Good evening. <clears throat> Glad you're here. We're going to talk tonight about seeing interruptions in your day as opportunities. We all experience uh, interruptions, and it's not uncommon for them to irritate us. The coffee machine quits the most inopportune time. There's a power surge, and the computer system goes down. Key employee doesn't show up. Maybe there's been a death in their family. There's been a last-minute change order. Fire alarm goes off. Unexpected visitors drop in. You get word that two co-workers are at odds, and you've got to deal with that. Bad weather stops construction. You fall and break a bone the day before leaving for vacation. You heard to an important meeting, and a traffic snag makes you 30 minutes late. You get a call from home. There's been a family crisis that needs immediate attention. You know, there are some interruptions that are major, and they affect us for the rest of our lives. And there are some that are minor, and they're over in a matter of minutes. Some are circumstances, some come from people, some are unexpected, some are anticipated. And there are some people, and we know this, that it's part of their life, their job, their vocation, their own call. And so they live their life expecting to get notified and they have to be able to jump within a few moments notice to, to be at work. I'm thinking about um, policemen, um, firefighters, EMS, doctors. And because they anticipate that when they're on call, they have to live life accordingly. So if they go to the kids' sporting event, they have to take two cars or anything for that matter because they've got to be there when they get the call. They live anticipating the intrusions. If you're a stay-at-home mom, that's your life. It's one intrusion after another. Kids fall down and get hurt. Appliances malfunction. Just when you get the kids down for a nap and you get a moment's peace, your husband calls you and tells you he's got an important errand and he needs you to run. All day long you hear, hey mom. People stop by and say, I didn't have anything to do so I thought I'd stop by and visit. You're thinking, why does everybody who has nothing to do always want to come and do it with me? Proverbs 27 says, you don't know what tomorrow brings. And we know that, don't we? We don't know what the next hour brings. So that's true for all of us. Interruptions are a daily reality for all of us. And how we handle those interruptions has a great deal to do with success or failure, joy or frustration, and even our witness for the Lord whether we are positive or negative. I want to turn in our Bibles to Matthew 14, verses 13 and 14. It'll be on the screen as well. This chapter had to be one of the most difficult in the, in the life of Jesus in his ministry. The Lord had just heard about the, the death of John the Baptist. Matthew 14, verse 13 begins, When Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat privately. To a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. But that wasn't his plan. His plan was to get away. He wanted to escape, to spend some time alone. John the Baptist was his cousin. John the Baptist was a co-worker in ministry. And he just got word about his being beheaded. And obviously that bothered him. He didn't want to deal with people. He wanted to get away. Be by himself for a while. Emotionally spent perhaps. 
needed to get away from the demands of the crowd. So he got in a boat, went privately to a solitary place. But as Matthew tells us, it was not to be. The crowds interrupt Jesus' retreat. They scurried around the lake, watched to see where he was headed, stood on the shore waiting for him. When Jesus landed, the Bible says, he saw the large crowds. Did you see the movie, What About Bob? What About Bob is the movie where the psychiatrist, Dr. Leo Marvin, is played by Richard Dreyfuss. And he's working, 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 trying to get ready for this much-needed vacation. And so he's just at a frenzy before it even starts. And so he goes to his place on the lake, is finally there, but to his horror, he's interrupted by Bob Wiley, played by Bill Murray, this extra, extra needy patient of his. Bob Wiley travels all these miles and miles to get there, pitifully arrives at the vacation place, tracks him down, shows up, and he asks of his doctor, is this a bad time? I can't help but think about this story. That interruption in the, in the movie was so bothersome, it just made him difficult and it ruined everything. Jesus was looking for privacy, but he encountered a crowd. The people lined up on shore waving to him, and I can see them. I can hear them going, is this a bad time? Jesus didn't want people. He wanted to be alone, but he didn't resent the intrusion. To me, it's amazing. Look at his reaction. When Jesus landed and saw the crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus had this knack, this ability to turn the inter, in, uh, uh, interruption into an opportunity for ministry, for healing, for blessing people. Instead of blowing his stack because of their insensitivity or saying, hey, 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 back off, I'm dealing with this right now, Jesus received people. He used the interruption as an opportunity to minister and to teach. In fact, it is in this setting where Jesus feeds the 5,000. One of the best known miracles of Jesus. And it happened because he was interrupted. It wasn't his plan for the day. So when you study the ministry of Jesus, what you find is that he did this a lot. That when an interruption would come, he would find a way to turn that into a good thing, to a ministry opportunity. Think of the miracles that he performed and the settings where they happen. He was quietly enjoying a wedding. He would not even announced publicly that his ministry was there to be the Son of God, who he was, not even out of the bag yet. They run out of wine. Jesus' mom, you know the story. They need help. You can help them. He said, my time's not come. Do whatever he says. Turns all that water into wine. Saves the day. The first of many miracles Jesus per performed. After an exhausting day on, on the water, he tried to get some rest in a boat. They journeyed to the other side of the lake. The disciples woke him up from a nap. Don't you see the storm? He can't even get a nap. He calms the sea. And the uh, disciples were astonished with his power. Once Jesus and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, a blind beggar called out to him, Son of David, have mercy on me. Interruption is what that is. That wasn't where Jesus was going. That wasn't why he was there. In fact, the disciples, remember, tried to quieten him, but he would not be quietened. Jesus stopped and instructed the blind man, Bartimaeus, to be brought to him. The man's sight was restored. 
because he interrupted Jesus. Another time, he was preaching in a house that was so jam-packed, nobody else could get in there. So what do you do if your friend needs healing and you can't get in? You do what you have to do. You climb up on the roof. You tear a hole and you let them down. Now, that's an interruption. Jesus was trying to teach. You think a crying baby is bad? What if you had this sick person being dropped down in the middle of it? Jesus healed him, forgave him of his sin, and used the miracle as an opportunity to demonstrate his deity. A few weeks ago, we studied about uh, Jairus. You remember him? But do you remember that that story was an interruption? Jesus was teaching on fasting. In fact, the Bible says there that while he was saying this, his reply, the question about fasting, in walks Jairus. Jairus was an interruption. But we understand that because his daughter, his young girl, was, was sick and he knew he was dying. So he goes to Jesus because Jesus can help. The Bible says in Luke eight forty two, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And you remember in that saying, that's when he said, who touched me? His disciples thought that was an absurd question. What do you mean? Everybody's touching everybody. That's kind of the way it is. But he asked the question because he wanted to make sure that woman who was healed just by the touching knew what had happened. But she was an interruption. And even as he's dealing with that, that's interrupted because one of the servants of Jairus comes and says, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the master anymore. So there's one interruption after another. But it's because of that he makes the statement. You remember to Jairus, just believe. Your daughter will be healed. The Bible says that all the people were astonished by his power when that little girl came back to life. Ken Blanchard said this, if it weren't for interruptions, Jesus would not have had a ministry. And I think he's right. Notice that the next time you're reading through the gospel, it's one after another, after another, after another. I want to share some suggestions from the ministry of Jesus that should help us to take unwelcome interruptions and see them as an opportunity that could be positive. Here's the first one. Plan some time free from interruptions where you can rest. Plan some time free from interruptions where you can rest. One of the reasons we don't have time for interruptions is because we pack our day so full. There is no wiggle room. There is no extra. If everything goes well, we're going to be okay. So we don't allow for any kind of interruption. So we don't have any energy left or anything else that comes along the way. But we all need time to recharge, to fill our own cup, to be spiritually rejuvenated. Jesus withdrew. Matthew says this, to a solitary place. On this occasion, he was not successful because the crowd interrupted him. But a few verses later in Matthew 14, 23, Matthew says this, after he dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Have you noticed how many times Jesus in his ministry intentionally would do this? He would make the time. It didn't just happen. He made the time to get away, to be alone with his father. Mark 1, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. 
John 6, 15, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. There's an old Indian proverb that says, you will break the bow if you keep it always bent. If you never relax the tension of your life, then don't be surprised if you're negative, if you explode when those interruptions happen. Think about this, and we know this already. In the beginning, God created us. He wired us. He made us to work six days and then to rest one. When have we ever had seven days in a row where we did that? We work five days at work, I know, but the other two are far from off. Am I right? And we are busy, busy. We pack them full. God did not make us that way. He designed for us to work six days and take one day off. He also scheduled six special feast days during the year where the Jewish people would take a break. And two of those lasted an entire week. And God commanded that. To take time, to rest, to celebrate, to refocus on Him. It was a spiritual thing. And we need it. Even every seventh year, they weren't allowed to plow or to plant the fields. God wanted them to take some time off. You want me to just keep going on this? Isn't this good? This is what we need. One of the problems you have is when things aren't happening in your business, though, or when things are happening, you think, I can't leave right now. You ever been there? This is not the time to take a day off. I mean, things are going so well. You know, I can't pass this off. I, I need to be there. I'll stay another hour, or I'll go in and work half a day on Saturday. We get so exhausted emotionally and spiritually that we lose our passion for the long haul. When the interruptions come, we resent them because we're running on empty. And whoever's interrupting us sometimes paid the price for that. We have nothing left in the tank to give. I think we could all learn a lesson from Jesus to spend some time by noticing the way he lived his life and schedule time, make time free from interruptions and pressures. Um, pressures. We need time to recharge our batteries, renew the passion for what God has gifted us to do. So make it happen. That's a challenge for us all. Be unavailable, maybe for a few days. Maybe it's as, as little as turn the computer off. Turning the cell phone off. Not just mute it, but off. Put it on a shelf. Don't even look at it till the day is over. Could we do that? Spend some time relaxing, praying, just being still. Remember that verse? Be still and know that I am God. And then when interruptions come, hopefully you're going to be more able to respond to them in a positive way. You know, sometimes that can be a quick charge, just a few moments. Just a, just a few moments to pray, to think, close your eyes. Even when there's a storm all the way around you. It's okay to close your door. To not entertain visitors or not always answer the phone. Don't be, feel obligated to have a, a literal open door policy. We use that phrase open door to mean that we're approachable. 
But that doesn't mean you're always available. It doesn't mean you always answer your phone. It's okay to close your door. It's okay to let it go to voicemail and call them back later. You need some time to be totally focused. Jesus wasn't always available. He went to solitary places where he could be alone and pray for a few hours. By the way, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you need to get a babysitter for a day every now and then or, or at least take advantage of that nap and don't do anything. Just rest. Let your, yourself just rest. One mother who had given birth to her third child wrote a thank you note to friends. Many thanks for the playpen. It's being used every day from 2 to 3 p.m. I get in it to read and the children can't get near me. So plan some free time from interruptions where you can rest. The second lesson we can learn from Jesus. Do you know what I was so tempted to do? <clears throat> it's 22. I was so tempted to just interrupt this whole sermon. Stop right there and pick up next week. But I thought, no, you give me a hard time and think I was just trying to cheat and, and not do two for one. We'll keep going. Second lesson we can learn from Jesus. Determine the nature of the interruption. Determine the nature of the interruption. Jesus withdrew to a solitary place, but when he landed, he saw the crowds and had compassion on them. Mark's gospel says it this way. When he, he saw them as a sheep having no shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. But I also want to make note, and I think it's important that we see this. Jesus didn't eagerly respond to every situation. Remember the time he received word from Mary and Martha, people close to them, the two sisters, about Lazarus, their brother, who was sick. And Jesus didn't respond quickly to that. In fact, he waited several days, John eleven six. 6, when, yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there where he was two more days. He didn't respond to the emergency. In fact, by the time he traveled there, Lazarus had been dead four days. The sisters did not get it. They did not understand. Why weren't you here? They asked him. They called him on the carpet for that. We remember that in the story. But Lazarus was raised from the dead, and God was glorified. Look at Mark 1, 35 through 38. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. But look what follows. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he didn't say yes to the ones coming after him. He went somewhere else. Not all interruptions are God's call on your life. So I want to make sure you, you, you get that. Not all can be used in a positive way. Some are negative. Some of them may be from the evil one trying to distract you from doing good. You're on a roll. You're making progress. You're making an impact. And Satan doesn't like that. And he may do his best to interrupt you. When Nehemiah was building the wall, you remember that story? His enemies sent him a letter. Wanted to have this conference. Nehemiah said, no, thank you. I'm doing the Lord's work. He didn't have time for a conference. Andy Stanley wrote this, you can't say yes to everyone, so don't cheat the people and the things that are most important. You can't say yes to everyone, so don't cheat the people and the things that are most important. But you have to discern. 
if the interruption is just that? Isn't it an opportunity to serve God? Or is it an interruption to keep you from serving God? It's not always easy to determine. If it's contrary to God's will, you need to be perceptive to that and make sure of what's going on. Or if your coworker says, let's take the afternoon off and go golf. Or let's take a long lunch. Maybe you should, but maybe you shouldn't. Someone near your desk starts gossiping. Or an email that pops up that's frivolous but fun. But you're at work. Shouldn't give in to those kinds of things. Or maybe you've got five people meeting, waiting to meet with you at 9 o'clock. And at 8.55, going down the hallway to the meeting, somebody comes up to you and they need your counsel. They need your advice. And it's more than you can do in five minutes. So you tell them, this is so big, this is so important. And I need to give this more time, but I've got a meeting at 9 o'clock. Let's schedule a time. It's not fair, it's not right to make five people wait while you just take care of that one. On the other hand, there are interruptions that provide opportunities to do greater things than you're doing at the moment. So we have to be discerning. Look at Ephesians 5, 15 and 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but at wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So be discerning and determine the nature of the interruption. Well, here's another lesson we ought to learn from Jesus. Be totally focused where you are. Be totally focused where you are. Something I notice with Jesus, when you read the Gospels, he gave undivided attention to the people he was with. And then when he was interrupted, he would give them undivided attention. It was amazing how he did that. A woman touched the hem of his garment. We talked about that a few moments ago. He stopped his whole direction. He wanted to make sure she understood why she had been healed. Then he went on. We've all been interrupted. And then we, we, in that interruption, gave that person partial attention. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you're in the middle of a project, you're doing something, and they interrupt you. And, and, and you're looking at them, but, but you're not quite there. You know what I'm talking about? Because you want to keep going with what you're doing, and yet you want to watch them as well and be respectful. We pretend to listen, but we look at our watch. We glance over their shoulder at the person passing by. We talk on the phone while continue to work on the computer. One time my sister called me. I've got two sisters, and they live several states away, one in Texas and one in Kansas, so we don't get to see each other very often. So she called me during the day. I'm at work, but it's my sister. I don't see her often, so I took the call. And we were talking. Actually, she was talking. And I was listening, but I was sitting there at my desk, and I was working on something. And so I kept typing, and she heard the keyboard, and she said, Are you typing? busted there was no recovery i just turn around you've done it too haven't you somebody interrupts you and you keep going with what you're doing recent studies are showing that multitasking actually reduces effectiveness we're no good to anyone we're just half there 
when our minds are a thousand miles away. One preacher said early in his ministry, first year in his ministry, he stood at the door after church. It was a small country church. Everybody went out the same door, and it was the preacher's role to stand there and shake everybody's hand as they went through out, out the door. And he said, so he was there, and, and as the line was forming, there's this middle-aged lady who, who was in line, and she felt compelled to take that moment and share with him something very important to him, to her. But she went on and on and on, and the people are waiting to get out. And so finally, after it went on and on, they started going around her, and, and, and so they uh, would, would look at him and kind of nod and, and they'd touch him on the shoulder. And he said then a, a couple of first-time visitors were, were walking around as well. And he goes, I, I wanted to greet them and meet them and I didn't get a chance to. And about that time, she reached up and she grabbed him by the tie and she pulled him down and she said, you look at me when I'm talking to you. And he did. He said, but he also learned something. He said, that's another reason not to wear ties to church. <laughs> no, what he learned was that Jesus was that way, wasn't he? He said, from then on, he's remember, and he treated whenever anybody was talking to him as if they had him by the tie to be fully there. That's the way Jesus was with people. He looked them in the eye, and he genuinely listened. Jim Elliott said, wherever you are, be all there. When you read through the Gospels, you get the impression that Jesus was 100% focused on the people in front of him. And then last, take advantage of interruptions. Take advantage of them. Try to see them, that they may be greater than the event that you had scheduled. Great things may come of this interruption. Now, if you're a driven personality, determined to pack as much into your day as possible, if you've got the list and you take great joy of checking them off and you're, you're on a roll getting them all done, it's going to be hard for you to do that. And you're going to be in, uh, resent the, uh, the interruption as an intrusion. But it just may be that that interruption is exactly what God needs you to handle at that moment. Listen to Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. That means regardless of your job, you see your job not as a task to be completed, not as an employer to make happy. It's an opportunity to serve your Lord. Even in your secular job, you're serving your Lord. You see your job as an assignment from God. You realize then that an interruption could very well be a divine opportunity. Maybe that phone call that seems so ill-timed is an opportunity for you to encourage another believer or to offer a word of wisdom to let your light shine in a dark world. Maybe that traffic delay is a chance for you to, to listen to a moment of worship. Maybe to focus, maybe a moment of prayer to connect with God. Maybe the breakdown of the copy machine could be God's developing patience in you. Or maybe you demonstrating patience to somebody else right there in the office with you that doesn't have it. Maybe that repeated, hey mom, could be that once in a lifetime chance to really minister to that child in the name of Jesus. So instead of resenting the intrusion, at least entertain the possibility 
that it could be God giving you an opportunity that could be positive and maybe even better than what you had planned. Look back at Matthew 14. Jesus withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Let's pray. God, we live in such a busy time with so much automation and computers and technology. It's so easy to fill it up with even more. But God, I pray that you would help us as we follow Jesus to do just that, to follow Jesus and to see interruptions as opportunities. God, we live in a world that's driven with deadlines, with to-do lists, there's so many things just to manage a home, to keep a job, to keep a family. And we get so busy. God, help us to open our eyes and to really look into the eyes of the people that you put in our path. God, we want to be like Jesus. Help us to see in ourselves when we need to withdraw to a lonely place and pray. Maybe for just a few seconds, maybe for a couple of hours, maybe a weekend. God, help us to be like Jesus. It's in his name we pray, and amen. Tonight, if we can pray for you in any way, or if you're ready to have your sins washed away in baptism, the water is always ready. We're going to stand and sing this song.